The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by BetDAC. Get 0% commission on all sports for 100 days when you join BetDAC.com. New customers only, terms and conditions apply. And by All About Sunday, the ownership experience where you can own three racehorses for only £18.99 per month. Visit AllAboutSunday.com to get involved today. Now, here's your host, Emmett Kennedy. And it's great to have your company for our first betting preview look ahead to some top class weekend racing the grade ones keep on coming in the company of time forms mark milligan mark welcome back to the show my friend thank you we've got some uh, some good stuff this weekend then we we hot on the heels of of all the the grade one racing we had over christmas we've got the tolworth at sandown and the the lawless of nice on sunday over in ireland so uh, the good stuff just keeps on coming yeah plenty of cheltenham christmas clues and we broke all those down for you in the two review podcasts the championship review for the festive racing and the novices hurdlers and chasers as well as some bumper horses to look out for for the future as well but more cheltenham clues are coming definitely the ballymore market is going to be heavily impacted um, although Nicky Anderson has been doing a bit of a, a tour about how he would run Constitution Hill again before Cheltenham, if only there was a suitable race for him. Hmm. Irish champion hurdle, not suitable. Kingwell, no, that's not suitable. Haydock, that wouldn't be suitable. There used to be a race at Sandown. That, that could have worked. <laughs> we got rid of that contenders. It's never coming back. Um, he is saying that he, if there was a champion hurdle trial at Cheltenham on trials day that he would run him. And then he pulls Lucia out of the Talworth hurdle. Nikki going to Nikki. Nikki Henderson going to Nikki Henderson. You keep on telling yourself that, Nikki. That's exactly what you do. Nikki Henderson wants to find an excuse to run when everybody else is trying to find an excuse to not run. Anyway, you can read Nikki Henderson's Unibet blog with the Handicap Chase uh, 115. That is the sponsor's title. And uh, Germinade with Betdak is the 15th eight favorite. PJB, Richard Spencer and Sean Bone is a five to one shot. Uh, Scipion is just a point bigger at sixes. Certainly red sevens and high stakes. Second run after a wind up. Tom Scudamore on board for Warren Greatrix, nine to one. That is the current odds with Betdak for the 115, the Handicap Chase. Who are you looking at, Mark Milligan? Yeah, I'm going to, although I'm not, convinced that the Venetia Williams horses are in absolutely tip-top form at the moment. The oh. stable is having winners. So I'm going to go with, with the, I'm, how are we pronounce this? Gemerand? Is it, is it French? Gemerand? Gemerande? You go with that. I'll, I'll get the pronunciation and come back to you. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I think, I think Venetia Williams had three winners from her last... 30 runners or something like that. So the stable could be in better form, but I'm not going to let that put me off this one who's relatively lightly raced as a chaser still. A French bred was quite impressive when winning at Southall last time off a mark of 114. Now, the handicapper has had his say after that and has bumped Gemerond up to 124, so bumped him up £10 for that. But the way he took apart that field at Southall, I thought was most impressive, and he struck as the type, certainly in the way he travelled and the way he jumped that day, as the type who could probably 
progress through the ranks in handicap chases. So I think he'll go favourite here. That, that wouldn't be any surprise at all. For a, a, a sort of 0 to 130, I don't think this has got massive amount of depth in it, to be perfectly honest. And I'm hoping that Gemeron will follow up that subtle win from 39 days ago. And I can confirm that that is indeed the pronunciation. Gemeron. Nicely done. Gemeron. Nicely done. You nailed it. You had you had absolutely nailed it, my friend. Um, the statistic, though, about Venetia Williams is worrying. A little bit worrying. She did have a winner today. Um, and I fancy one of hers later in the card. But we'll if you're a regular listener to the show, you're already going to know who that horse is. Uh, or maybe I'll be able to take you by surprise. The 150 is the Unibet Horse Racing Betting Operator of the Year Handicap Chase. Uh, latest bet- betting from BetDax. He's Cara Green Rock, Lucinda Russell and Derek Fox Horse, uh, 11 to 4, and has been pushed out from 9 to 4 this morning. Grey Diamond for Sam Thomas and Sam Tristan Davis, an 11 to 4 shot again on the drift, was as short as 7 to 4. Uh, Fredo Bamboo for Venetia Williams and Charlie Deutsch, 4 to 1 shot. That is. Going the other way, six to one, uh, eight to one, and and now cut into four. It's the last day for Evan Williams, the veteran, uh, eleven years of age. After January, um, Adam Wedge, Evan Williams, a seven to one shot, and Dreams of Home for Donald McCain and Theo Gillard is an eleven to one shot, and he's been on the the walk as well. Um, who's really catching your attention here for the one fifty? Yeah, so having started the pod by saying I was a little bit concerned with the Venetia Williams stable form and then putting up one of hers, <laughs> I'm going to double up and put another one of hers up in the following race. That's that shot, with, Milligan. Uh, Frere. That's that shot. <laughs> Frere Ramble. Look, I'm casting my mind back a few weeks here. Do you remember? Oh, it would be a few weeks before Christmas. We were saying the Venetia Williams horses were not in great form. And I put a couple of them up anyway. And she turned it around, didn't she? Well, here's and the thing. Had a few winners. You, we were both talking about it. The, the thing is, you ended up being right because you stuck with her horses anyway and they won that weekend. I was taking them on and they slapped me in the face with, with a wet fish. Yeah, it was, so... It was not pleasant. You, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I'm going to do, <laughs> do that again. I think Frero Bamboo on his first two starts this season, he's, he ran perfectly well first time out. At Ascot, when he was second, he then wasn't in quite the same form back at Ascot next time. But I think the key thing is he's going to get back on softer ground this weekend. And he was a winner on soft ground at Lingfield last season. He ran really well a couple of times off marks of 140 and 141 after that win. He started this season on 142. Now, the handicapper has just relented a touch and dropped him a couple of pounds, presumably for that slightly flat effort at Ascot last time when he only finished fourth, beating nearly 13 lengths. I think the key to Ferrero Bamboo here is getting back on softer ground. And as I say, the Venetia Williams horses, she's been doing about 10% or so, but like you say, she's had a winner today on the day we're recording this. Ferrero Bamboo goes really well on soft ground. He should all be well. Get that on Saturday. I thought he was the value in here. Yeah, it's hard to, to disagree with that, to be completely honest. And um, uh, I was very interested in Grey Diamond. And I, I think I remain interested in him. But I would be more inclined to go with you with Fredo Bamboo. Um 
look, he's he's obviously got the form to be able to do it. Um, his his performance last time out against Boot Hill when he was beaten thirteen links was good. Boot Hill has gone on to to win since then. Prior to that at Ascot, he'd run fine uh, against Time White. He's capable at this level, uh, and he's a solid performer. So, in and around the prices, I would rather take fours about him than eleven to four about Great Diamond. And Great Diamond seems to be taking an unusual drift. Maybe this is just the focus of anti-post betting these days. The prices were all wrong in the first place, and now the the market is trying to adjust. But um, yeah, I think I would go with you with uh, uh, Freiro Bamboo for now. Um, we are going to talk about the other tracks in a second, but we're going to stick with Sandown and on to the Grade One. The Tallworth, the Constitution Hill link was there with Nicky Henderson. It's kind of still there in that Authorized Speed won the race at Sandown that Constitution Hill won last year. So he's following in his hoofprints just for a different yard for the Moore team and is 2-1 to one with Betzak as we record. Uh, the same price about the wildly impressive horse that Paul Nichols trains, uh, Tamaras, who beat Sizing Potsy, who hasn't done a whole lot for the form since then, but visually that was a very impressive display that Tamaras uh, put up for the Paul Nichols and Harry Cobden uh, duo, a combination back in Haydock on Betfair Chase Day. Uh, Arctic Brezel, they talked about the Moscow Flyer novice hurdle for him after he won his maiden hurdle at Cork, but here he is, a three-to-one shot for Henry de Bromhead and Rachel Blackmore and Evan Williams and Adam Wedge team up with Lastro Boy. It's an interesting race. Um, Authorized Speed has been held in very high regard for quite some time. He's won two ordinary enough hurdles, uh, but has done so very impressively, competed in the champion bumper last year, 11 links of Fasal Vega, and then there's the Nichols horse and Arctic Brezel, who cost 305000 Not the easiest to split them, so how do you set about doing that, Mark? Yeah, so it's a really interesting race, isn't it? And the, the betting would have us believe it's a three-horse race. Um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure that it should be just a three-horse race because there are the likes of Colonel Harry, Blur Your, Wad, Ukantango, and even Lastro Boy, who all have got potential to improve markedly. Authorised Speed was an impressive winner last time, wasn't he? More so when you consider he made a horrendous error at the last and almost got rid of Jamie Moore, and to win as impressively as he did after that marks him out as quite useful. I think I'm with you there. I don't think it was much of a race. Tamuras has done absolutely nothing wrong, improved markedly with an easy win at Haydock last time. But my my default position in these kind of races, if, if something useful or potentially useful looking is coming over from Ireland, then I think we should lean in that direction. And for that reason, I'm siding with Arctic Brazil, who was an impressive winner at Cork on debut. I think, although a few of the also rounds haven't done an awful lot for the form of that maiden hurdle yet, I think time will tell, particularly with Mercury in second, I think time will tell that that was probably a decent enough race. And Arctic Brazil was impressive to my eye. The time wasn't anything to write home about, but they didn't go very fast. So it wasn't a race that would be conducive to recording a decent time figure. He cost a lot of money. I think he's got 
plenty of room for improvement. And he's got one of those rare beasts, the time form large P attached to his rating. So I'm going to go for Arctic Brazil, hopefully to improve past um, authorized speed and Tamuras, but there are one or two others in here that you wouldn't be surprised at all if they improved enough to, to play a hand in the finish. Yeah, we just don't know how good they are. And and look, for that reason, if you wanted to go and take a swing at a Colonel Harry, for example, I wouldn't put you off that. He's not my selection, but if you want to go and have a, a swing at him and the way the race is going to be run, he's probably going to set a decent pace. So he'll be the, the angle to tow everything into this race. Maybe if he gets an easy lead and is able to hang on to that, fair enough, and he's a wild price. But it probably should be about the first three. And... Given that fact, at the current odds with BetDAC right now, given that Arctic Brazil is threes and the other two are twos, I'll take the threes with Arctic Brazil. Um, I know he's held in high regard. I know that he's highly thought of from the point-to-point sphere as well. He would need to settle better because he did pull harder than Ron Jeremy last time. Like that was, that's not you're not going to get away with that at Sandown. Or at least you shouldn't in Grade One company. But if he settles better and jumps better. He wasn't fluent at a couple of his flights. The fifth, definitely. And I don't think he was... You know, there was a couple of others he wasn't the best at. But he, he did it very, very easily in the end. And um, the the Mullins camp, the market move for that Mercury was crazy on the day. So, yeah, Arctic Brazil is a very, very interesting one. Um, and I wonder if Henry de Bromhead has decided, let's just go over for the Tullworth because that's one race we know William Mullins is not going to turn up to. There's, there's such firepower at the Mullins yard. Just come over for a British grade one instead because Willie's going to have... Fasal Vega's going to go for the DRF and not the Moscow Flyer, as far as I know. Um, but there's something else there at the Mullins camp for that. And Gordon's got a lot of strength and depth too. So perhaps that's the, the thinking. Um, I like Arctic Brazil a lot and I'd rather stick with him until he proves it's time to abandon him. Uh, the Veterans Handicap Chase. An old final Furlan podcast favourite, Ramses Ditsaye! Is the eleven to two favorite for the veterans an eleven year old now Snow Leopardus, uh, who's been a terrific horse for her connections and for uh, Alice uh, as well in particular uh, thirteen to two shot Aidan Coleman on board Prime Venture for Evan Williams eight to one uh, Saint Xavier seventeen to two and Kustar Savola is a ten to one shot uh, look I'm all over Ramses Detaille here uh, we get new blood into the veterans division um, I love these races he was a wildly impressive winner of a veteran's handicap chase at Warwick back in November. And he's very much one that I want to keep on the right side of. And that, those quotes of 11-2 to 2 with Betdak please me. So I'm with Ramses Detaille. Crucially, a little angle you love, second run after a wind up as well. Oi, oi, Milligan, come on! Let's <laughs> load up the gravy train! Get the wheelbarrow ready! So I'm very, very confident about Rams Detaille. Are you with me, or should I? are you going to make me nervous? It's, we, we we chatted a little bit off off air, didn't we, about this race? And I, I said it wasn't a race I had a tremendously strong opinion on. But of the runners, I thought Ramsey's Detail was the most likely winner. He was really impressive last time, wasn't he? When he returned from from that wind up, winning a, a similar race to this, albeit not as many runners as we're going to get on Saturday. I know you like him, and I'm more than happy to side with you here in a race that I didn't have an overly strong opinion on. 
six pound rise isn't going to be enough to stop him in my mind. And you go back, like, last year was a write-off for him. It was all wrong last year. But a few of David's horses weren't right. And if I take you back to Cheltenham when he beat Yala Enki in November of that year, when he was beating Kaluki at Haydock and Doncaster, like he's a he's a class act on his day. Uh, and those those um, those those performances back then were earmarking him as a potential potato race winner at the Cheltenham Festival, and it just it just went wrong a little bit. But he's a classy horse on his day. And this division, I, I love this division. It's the opportunity for all your old favourites to be back out, but it's also the opportunity for all your old favourites to be back into the winning groove again. Um, and I just think he's going to outclass them. Uh, I, I, and I, I know when you're saying that about a horse like Snow Leopardus in there and Prime Venture's no mug either. Just He's low mileage for an 11-year-old and this is ideal for him. So I, I absolutely love his prospects. Um Pro form top rated is Snow Leopardus. Ramses de Taille is third on that list. Uh, I'm pretty bullish about him. I'm maybe a little bit too bullish. And I'm definitely bullish about the the last race uh, that ITV will be covering. Uh, final race of the day at Sandown, 3.35. It's the Unibet new and improved Bet Builder Handicap Hurdle. 11 runners currently set to go to post. And the favourite with BetDAC as we record is Digello who I've spoken about a few times on the show. I mentioned him when he was making his debut uh, at Exeter, so we recorded on the Thursday. It was the 20th of November he made his debut. I'd given him a mention, and he absolutely bolted up by seven and a half lengths. And they turned him out only 10 days later, less than that. Um, and he got turned over at three's arm. But you watch that race back, There was it was just it was a mess of a race, and it was pretty... He also pulled way too hard. There was, there was a lot of things that went wrong in him that day. And if you're looking at the the racing postcard and you're seeing beaten at threes on, you're obviously not going to be thrilled by that. But look at that race back. It probably just came too quickly. Um, it was a small field race. I suspect that things just didn't go to plan there. Back into a, a big field handicap on soft ground. I think he's going to win. Uh, I think he's going to win pretty pretty comfortably. However, and I don't know who your selection is, I just know that you do have a selection for this race, and I don't think it's him. Yeah, your uh, your confidence um, about Dejella makes me a little bit nervous now about my selection in here. And look, I absolutely see the case for Dejello. He's really low mileage, isn't he, compared to his rivals in here. Potentially... A mark of 129 might underestimate him a little bit, but for me, there's a, still a little bit of guesswork involved there in, into exactly how good he is or can be. So I play was playing it a little bit more safely, to be honest, with Lightly Squeeze, who's a horse who I know is potentially still reasonably handicapped off a mark of 136. Now, this is a horse who's obviously had problems in the past. Um, he ran poorly at Newbury in February of 2021. He then left the Harry Fry yard, um, turned up in a couple of races in, in France for, for Tom George, didn't run too badly in the second of them, and we then didn't see him for 532 days when he returned at Kempton and was back with Harry Fry then, and he won a conditional jockey's handicap hurdle quite easily. And to me, 
that performance suggested that whatever problems he'd had, he was more than over them because he, I wouldn't say bolted up, but he travelled he travelled like the wrath of God that day and won pretty easily by four lengths. I think the handicapper putting up putting up six pounds for that. I think he's taken a bit of a chance there, considering when he left the Fry stable previously, he was rated 140. So I think there's still a bit of mileage for lightly squeeze. I also like the fact that he'd been off 532 days. He won that race last time, and they've not rushed him back. They've given him a 47-day break since then, which I hope will negate any potential of the bounce factor kicking in. So I was playing it a little bit more safely here. He's a horse who I know is still reasonably handicapped off 136, where with your selection, Digello, there was just a little bit more guesswork involved for me there. Yeah, one of the, the things I would add is, well, he's only had one start in France, in France Digello. He's a very unusual profile for a horse who's in handicaps, um, in that he's one start in France and a win. And was then acquired and sent to Venetia Williams for 140,000k, if you don't mind. Um, but he did wear a tongue tie and headgear in mm. France. They weren't on at Exeter. They weren't on when he was beaten, and they're not on at the weekend either. Now, maybe that's something that Venetia is keeping in reserve. Whatever way he was being trained in France, perhaps Venetia feels he doesn't need that at all. Either of those things. It could be worth watching out Let's see how he gets on at the weekend. I think he's going to win this. Um, and, and I'm reasonably bullish that he will. His performance at Exeter was so stylish and so good uh, that he just looked like he would be one for high-class handicaps for the rest of the season. I was He would need to improve, but I was thinking bet for a hurdle at the time. Um, and it may come to pass that that still works out. As long as Charlie Deutsch can get him cover, we're okay. If he can get him cover, then he can he could be as stylish as he was on debut in, in winning this race. Uh, if he gets no cover again, then it's game over. But I'm I'm pretty bullish about him. Uh, Digello, lightly squeeze for you. Play the reverse forecast. Yeah. And we'll see you in Dubai. Um, right, we'll go off to Wing Canton, shall we? Um, it seems as though my... Running order has gone completely amok here. At the 130 at Wincanton. Ah, yes, here we go. So Celeb Delen could have gone for the veterans handicap chase at Sandown, but instead is rerouted here, uh, and he would have been taking on the mighty Ramses de Taille again, so obviously the Hobbs Yard went, now we're not going to take on David Pipe's absolute beast. He's a solid moral at Sandown, so let's head to Wincanton and win there instead, or at least try to. 9-4 to four currently with Betdak. Elixir de Nutz, who at least was back in form uh, the last day after... A couple of pulled-ups and a 47-length thumping. At least he, he actually ran to the line. He's a four-to-one shot. I'm not sure if he should be that short. Uh, Kilty Briggs, fours, and Monsieur Desobo for Alan King, a nine-to-two shot. Who are you looking at, Mark? Trainer play, trainer play, trainer play. There's a trainer play in this race. Philip Hobbs has won this race three times since 2015. So for me, it's significant that you were saying Celeb Delen has been rerouted from the veterans' chase mm-hmm. at Sandown, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Well, he had it he's as an option. It, been... might, it might not be that he's been rerouted, yeah. to be fair, but he was he was priced up for that race. He was entered for it. He had the option of going there, and they've decided, no, let's go to Wincanton instead. 
for a race that Philip Hobbs has won three times in recent years. For me, that's enough. I thought he shaped pretty well on his return from eight months off last time. He wasn't seen to anything like best effect there. He'll come on a bundle for that run. I just wanted to keep this simple. Um, I thought he was eye-catching last time. It's a race that Philip Hobbs likes to win. Celeb Dallin will do for me in here. Yeah, he can be a tricky ride, but Tom O'Brien gets on very well with him, and he's only three pounds higher than when he was uh, an impressive winner at Warwick last year. And I like that comeback too. I thought that comeback against Ramses Detail, I thought he he, he travelled like a horse. He didn't have anything left in the tank towards the end, and he made a bad mistake two out, but he travelled throughout the race like a, a horse who's still got all the ability. It's still right there. Uh, and look, he was good enough to be fifth at the at the Cheltenham Festival uh, in the mm. in the plate. Um, and I, just, I, I, I covered Elixir de Nuts. Uh, it was it was a, love, a lovable racehorse, but geez, uh, something's gone wrong there with him, which is is not particularly nice to see. Um, it was it was good to see him actually gallop and run to the line. I think the note that I had on the day was at at least the fire still burns for Joe Tizard and he'll still be able to to win races for them. But I don't think he would have the ability to be able to go and beat a, a, an on-song Celeb Delaine for all that they're both on the same mark uh, of 138. He was woeful at the Cheltenham Festival and pulled up woeful at Aintree and then beaten 97 links on his comeback at Ascot. Uh, it was better the last day, but I, he's gone up in the handicap for that run as well. Um, I might be reading it completely wrong, but I don't think I am, so I'd, I'd proceed with caution with him. Um, 3.15, Wing Canton is the Virgin Bet Handicap Hurdle. Uh, I have no prices, but I do know that you have a nap, and it's in this race. Yeah, I'm just I'm scanning through odds checker now to see if any of the other firms have priced this up. Yes, he's a reasonably... Wait, he is a short price, my selection in here. But he is still odds against in one or two places, and I can absolutely guarantee he'll go off odds on on the day, and that's uh, Chianti Classico, who I think has looked a really, really nice prospect in both his wins so far this season, a maiden hurdle at Chepstow. And last time out at Market Raisin, where he beat uh, Park Hill Dancer of Nicky Henderson's, who himself was coming in off a very impressive debut win and Chianti Classico he, he just made him look pedestrian there this is a horse who I think has the potential long term to be a really really good handicap hurdler he could take high rank in the handicap hurdle ranks in time I think he starts off in this handicap off a mark of 131 which looks more than fair to me. I'd be astonished if Chianti, Chianti Classico doesn't go off odds-on in here. And for me, it was the strongest bet of the weekend. Ooh, 11 to 10. Mark it down. Thursday night, January 5th, around 7pm, you can get 11 to 10, because you're not going to be getting 11 to 10 Friday morning. You're not going to be getting 11 to 10 by 11pm Thursday night. And I accept no responsibility for that whatsoever. Go on, Milligan! Clean them out! Clean out the bookies! A uh, couple of ones to watch for Cheltenham. Not necessarily for betting purposes at the weekend, but certainly for uh, a view to the future. Love Envoy 
is going to have her second start of the season in the listed mare's hurdle. Um, Martello Sky, who was second to Miranda the time before, and obviously ran a huge race, um, had had racked up a sequence of wins prior to that. She'd won twice, uh, beating Indefatigable and Anything for Love, came unstuck against Marie's Rock. Um, if Love Envoy can beat her convincingly, then it cements her position as a leading Mare's Hurdle candidate and maybe makes her favourite for it. Um, well, she won't be favourite after Marie's Rock win, but she'll be consolidating her position as the second favourite as we still haven't seen Brandy Love and we're still waiting for Brandy Love to come out and I'm almost afraid to ask anything at this point now but I I have sent a request for information and I should know by Monday so stay tuned. Uh, the other one is also I've mentioned a few times on the show, Bo Zenith who's fascinating he's going to run in the juvenile hurdle for Gary Moore at 12.05 on, at Sandown on Saturday um the horse has a big reputation. He's been with the Moriard for about a year. Um, apologies, he hasn't been with the Moriard for a year. He transferred over in... It was the summer he transferred over in. So he's settled into the art. Uh, Gary Moore's horses... Sometimes when he takes a horse over from France, it'll take a while for them to really settle into their new surroundings. Uh, however, sometimes they defy that. And a perfect example of this is the race the other day, um, where Inniston was was held in very, very high regard uh, and is expected to do big things for the art, he ends up finishing third, where Gary Moore did not fear Jet Powered, who was the threes-on favourite and cost 350 grand. He thought Inniston would win, yet Jupiter Jeet, who was also making his debut for the art, bolted up by 15 lengths at 66 to 1. Uh, so... This fella is held in very high regard, and there's substance to that as well. He beat a horse called Blood Destiny, trained by Willie Mullins uh, in Otoy, and beat him well by three and a half lengths. Uh, he was snapped up on the back of that for quite a few quid. Uh, Blood Destiny, he's come out and won his maiden in Cork very impressively, and to quote Willie Mullins, will be trained on the grade one path, and is a dark one for the Triumph Hurdle. Don't be at all surprised if Bo Zenith is a single-figure price for the Triumph Hurdle after the debut at the weekend. I would expect him to win. Probably not going to be much of a price, but keep a very clo close eye out for him. Maybe we're about to see a contender for Lossy Mouth. Maybe. Just maybe. Um, and there will be a market move for the Cheltenham Festival on the back of the Lawlers of Nace Novice Hurdle on Sunday. The going for Nace right now is soft. We don't have full declarations, but we can play Willie Mullins Bingo because Willie's got Grange Clare West, Gaelic Warrior, Champ Kylie and Spanish Harlem to run in this race. Uh, the betting currently sees Grange Clare West around about a five to four shot for the race. Gaelic Warrior nine to four. Gavin Cromwell's uh, I know the way you're thinking. Who was in front of Spanish Harlem at Goran Park? Uh, a five to one shot. Irish Point for Gordon Elliott fives. If he turns up and he's five, that's way too big. Uh, and of course, he finished in front of Champ Kylie, who had a big reputation. But there's a bit of a few questions to answer now in the back of that disappointing run in the Royal Bond. What do you make of the race? Certainly at this stage, it's building up to be an absolute corker, isn't it? Um, we're a little bit in the dark as to which horses exactly are going to turn up. But Willie Mullins this season so far hasn't been afraid to run one or two of his better horses against each other, has he? So mm -hmm. it's not out of the realms of possibility that we could see two, maybe three, even all four of his 
turn up here. Irish Point, I think, sets the standard on what we've seen so far. But I'm a big Grange Clare West fan. He he cost a fortune, didn't he? Four hundred and thirty thousand as a four-year-old. I thought that was a wildly impressive hurdling debut where he he absolutely slammed firm footings by 13 lengths. I thought he was very, very exciting. He's got the the time form large P to go with the rating he achieved there. But, you know, you could jump any one of a number of ways here. And, And even though Spanish Harlem was beaten on his debut for the Willie Mullins stable, we were both of, of the mindset that that wasn't a bad run at all and there would be plenty more to come from him, weren't there? Oh, yeah, very much so. And it's a race that William Mullins has used to introduce pretty... He's, he's won it with Sharjah back in the day uh, and Dovan as well in 2014. Um, and he was an expensive introduction to the art. He was an expensive acquisition. But he's run some pretty decent horses in that maiden in the past that have that have been beaten. And it, it Gallop on the Champ, that was the one I was trying to think of, of who. I knew it was a superstar mm. and I couldn't quite think of it. Um, Gallop on the Champ was second in that um, in that Goran Park maiden back in 2020 for him. Doesn't mean that he's Gallop on the Champ 2.0, but he is held in pretty high regard and uh, comes from France after, after a win. I, I wasn't at Goran Park that day, but f- a couple of friends of mine who were very shrewd and who I would trust were there and they thought he had a bit of condition on him and would improve immensely for the run and while he's moved stylishly throughout the race he wasn't really able to to make much of an impression on his rivals but he made an impression in me for the long term uh, as a horse who would go forward how do I put this politely he was tenderly handled yeah yeah. Uh, let's say there was a view to the next day with him with the way Paul was was handling him that day, um, I wouldn't be that shocked if he took a, a huge step forward. It's surely significant that he's still in this, that he's still entered for it, and I suspect that he is he is great at class. It's just a matter of whether he can step he, up to that. He looks from the TV pictures, at least, like a pretty big unit, doesn't he? So it would be no surprise if he absolutely did need that race at, at Goran, and, and you would expect him to come on bundles for it, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. Um, the The other Gordon Elliott horse, imagine, if he was to line up here, will then be qualified for handicaps at Cheltenham. Yeah. <coughs> uh, obviously, because... obviously uh, a subject we talked in depth about earlier in the week. Yeah, well, we clear, clear that off now. So for novice hurdlers, you have to have had four starts over hurdles to be able to run in a Cheltenham, actually any handicap hurdle that is class one or class two. So Betfair hurdle, county hurdle, Martin Pipe, Coral, you have to have had four starts over hurdles. For the Fred Winter, for the Boodles, you that, it doesn't apply to that but it does apply to the other hurdle races. So Yeah, it doesn't apply to any handicaps that are just confined to novices, basically. There you go. And when you think of Gordon Elliott's record in the Martin Pipe, imagine just leaps off the page as a horse that he's intending to have fun with there. I can, I can absolutely see that being the target for him. Don't think he's going to win at the weekend at all, but he 
very much is one to keep in mind for the Cheltenham Handicaps, and he'll be qualified for this. Whereas Spanish Harlem would have to run another two races before he could compete in the Cheltenham Handicap. And I don't know if William Mullins is going to do that with him, and I suspect, I suspect that they would be disappointed if he's not able to go and compete and run massively in a graded hurdle this season. Um, I know you're a big fan of Grange Claire West. I'm fascinated by Gaelic Warrior. And I would be leaning more towards him. I, uh, be great if he ran both. Be great if he ran all of them. Um, I, I think Gaelic Warrior is the one he'll probably go for. And um, he's won by a furlong. Like He's absolutely bolted up. Rid- rid- ridiculous winning distance, wasn't it? It was insane. <laughs> now look, he, he beat nothing. Um, but if you wanted to take a literal reading of that form... Uh, and go hard on it. you. You absolutely could make the make the case that no, that was actually a really, really special performance. But visually, what he did there was huge. Um, he has the experience of the Cheltenham Festival, having been second in the Fred Winter Poodles, uh, and Brazil fluffed his lines over Christmas. But I mean, he <laughs> do, do you want to know? Sorry, no, do you want to know something really interesting from that Gaelic Warrior race? It's something I've never ever seen before. Go on. Um, in all my time as a, a handicapper, Gaelic Warrior got a time form rating for that performance of 141. The oh. other six finishers in the race behind him all got zero. What? <laughs> every every single finisher in the race, bar the winner, recorded a time form rating of zero. <laughs> <laughs> That's how ridiculous a performance it was by Gaelic Warrior. Well, I was having... <laughs> Absolute- I was, I was having a, a bite to eat with a friend of mine yesterday and they were telling me that the the RPRs that Gaelic Warrior clocked, like the only horses to have clocked a higher RPR this season are Hermes Allen and Fasal Vega for a novice hurdler. They're the only two yeah. to have been able to clock an RPR as good as what he did in, in Tremor. So if you go purely based on racing, and obviously Mark is much more of a time form man, diehard time form man. Um, but if you wanted to go with the RPRs, that's that's interesting. That's very very interesting. Um, and just look at the market move there was from for the Boodles last year. Like they thought all he had to do was turn. Oh, I don't, up. I don't need. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I don't mate. need reminding about that. I'm sorry, mate. <laughs> this is a tough for those of you who are new to the show and don't know. This is a very sore subject for Mark Milligan, <laughs> Gaelic Warrior. I don't think I'll ever. I don't think I'll ever get over it. There might be a few peas and carrots in the Milligan household still uh, after that uh, Boodles run, but you know that's that's surely significant. That the favorite for the Ballymore and the favorite for the Supreme are the only two horses to post an RPR as good as what Gaelic Warrior has done in Fasal Vega and Hermes Allen. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping he rocks up. I don't. Is there a concern in your mind about this step up in distance for him? Because to my mind, the Ballymore is the ideal race for him, and I think he wants this. Two mile four is is what he's looking for in my mind. But do you see that differently? Um, I think. Uh, certainly on the runs that we've seen from him, you wouldn't necessarily be that concerned, but you'd probably have to have a little bit of a doubt on pedigree, wouldn't you? Um, his dam, she was a, she was a flat runner who stayed like a mile and a quarter. It doesn't seem oodles of, of stamina in the pedigree, but Look, we can't really glean anything 
stamina wise from what he did first time out this season at Tremor, can we? Um, there'd, be, there'd probably just be a slight doubt for me on pedigree, but it wouldn't, if I fancied him as, as you do, it wouldn't be enough to put me off backing him. Yeah. Uh, I hope he turns up and I think he'll win it if he does. Um, pop quiz. When did Willie Mullins last win the Lawlers of Nace Novice Hurdle? Ooh, uh, by for time as I go through my database. Sorry, what? I was thinking out loud there. Did you <laughs> just tell us that you're going Googling the answer? How dare you? Would it, would it be 2018? Oh, I wonder how did you get that? My God, you were a walking encyclopedia of racing knowledge. Oh, it's amazing how you just ask Mark Milligan a question and it just comes to him. Hey Siri, who? Quick, when did Willie last fingers, win? You said. <laughs> Christ! I love the fact that you scuppered yourself. You're just like, oh, let me just uh, look that up on the old database. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh God! I've, I've ruined all your fun now. Oh my God! Um, I'm, a, I'm a fun sponge. Deary me! Yeah, so it is. It is 2018 since you last won the race. Bad Lover Doyen, Envoy Alan, Bob Bollinger, and the ill-fated Jinto uh, have won the race for Gordon Elliott and Henry de Bromhead. So Gordon's got a, a tremendous record in the race. Irish point would have to be of significant interest. If Gaelic Warrior does not take up this engagement, if he's not there, um, for all that I liked, I know the way you're thinking, I would. I think Spanish Harlem will turn form around with him. Um, the way he shaped that day, I think he'd be able to turn the form around. And, yeah, I'd, I'd be with you there. Okay, that's cool. You're a big fan of Grange Clare West. I'm a big fan of Irish yeah. Point. And I backed Irish Point at Ferry House uh, against Marine Nationale. And, oh, thought he'd won. Literally, as they crossed the line, thought he had won. Um, that fives is fair. And this seems like, this is the race he's going for. Like this, Whether it's what he wants, I'm not sure. But if Gordon is running him here, then he must feel as though it's it's what he's looking for. I was wondering if the reason for not going for the future champions novices hurdle was just to avoid Fasal Vega, and if they're going up in trip for that reason. Um, but for a young horse to push Marine Nationale on only his second start over hurdles in, in the manner that he did, um, being a, a grade one winner on the flat, uh, being a, a grade one bumper winner with the champion flat jockey Miguel Barcelona on board uh, when he was victorious in November of 2021 at Saint-Cloud. Very impressively. Uh, you know, that was a stylish win, kept on really well towards the closing stages. Gordon does think this is his trip. He is going to be trained for the Ballymore, and we know he's going to run. So maybe right now, the simplest thing to do is just go at Irish Point and then see who Willie declares. Because I can't see his price being that much bigger than it is now. He's got the potential to shorten considerably. Like if Willie pulls a crazy yeah. Ivan and takes Gaelic Warrior, Spanish Harlem and and a few others out, then this market is going to look very, very different. If Gaelic Warrior was to be the selected of the William Mullins Yard and Grange Clare West came out, even that would affect things. So maybe the way to play it now is back Irish Point at fives in the hope that he will be significantly shorter come the day. Uh, and Gordon's got that terrific record in the race as well. That's it. All very sensible strategies. Mm. Um, I say we're just we're just fumbling around a little bit in the dark, aren't we? In, in terms of 
of what's actually going to turn up. But certainly of everything that's in the race at the moment, Irish points form is the strongest. Yeah. He's achieved the most by being beaten ahead by Marine National, who, to be honest, looks a bit of a tool, doesn't he? He looks a bit of a weapon. Yeah. So, but I I would be of the thinking that Grange Clare West, should he run, could improve past that level. Okay. If Gaelic Warrior is the selected, I would be with him. But as things stand right now, I would back Irish pointed fives. And I might even stick with him. I might even stick with him. That was a proper performance in Grade 1 Company. He was a little bit novice at Cork, title to be, first run. Um, jumped right on occasions, but very professional at Ferry House, and was a little bit unlucky. It was, he was just headed on the line, really. Um, and, and I know he's held in very high regard. So, and he's got form with Inniston, the Gary Moorhorse. Yeah. So Irish Point is, is who I'm going to go with at the prices at fives, but I'm very interested in Gaelic Warrior, and I'm I'm very interested in Spanish, Spanish Harlem and imagine for the Martin Pipe. And he qualifies. Not as a bet for this race, but imagine for the Martin Pipe. I'll go with Irish Point. Uh, who is your nap for the weekend, sir? Look, this horse is not a particularly big price, so this won't be everyone's cup of tea. But value is relative, isn't it? And if you've got a horse that you think is a genuine... Four to six, eight to thirteen shot, and you can back it at odds against eleven to ten. Then I think that's the way you should go, and it'll be the three fifteen at Wincanton Chianti Classico. Digello, Digello for me. Uh, Chianti Classico take full advantage of the price that he currently is eleven to ten because that's going to be long gone by the time the race comes round. And the seven to two about Digello, I hope will be putting us all in gravy as well. Uh, right, we're back on Monday as we break down the weekend's racing, uh, looking back on what should be a fairly entertaining uh, weekend. Barry Call will be here, um, Darren McGrath, all about Sunday, and previewing the weekend's racing as well. There's an interview with Davey Russell on his retirement, which will be available on the Final Forum Podcast podcast feed, I think Saturday morning, is that right? Saturday morning's coming out, great. Uh, so I did that for TalkSport today. He's in great form. We spoke for over half an hour, and... Um, yeah, it was great to get to talk to him, and we'll have him on again uh, before Cheltenham. So watch out for that. Davy Russell talking about his glorious career and uh, the decision to retire. That will be available for you on your podcast feed and plenty more content coming your way as well. From Mark Milligan. Goodbye. And from me, Emma Kennedy, thank you for listening. Hope you are well. Hope you are settling in and have adjusted. Have you gotten used to saying 2023 yet? No, and... Um even when I'm typing things up on emails and stuff that requires dates, I'm still putting in 2022. This will this will go on for six or seven weeks yet, minimum. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. If Siri wasn't auto-correcting things for me, I would be boost entirely. So you know, my, my brain has not... If it's happening to you, don't worry. It's also happening to Mark and I. We are slowly. I wrote, a, I wrote a sorry. I wrote a column earlier, one of my Dundalk columns for Betfair, and I was writing about a horse that had last won in twenty twenty one, and I nearly wrote last season. <laughs> but of course, twenty 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 one is two seasons ago. I nearly so I had to do an about turn there. I almost said that about a horse we were talking about earlier on. I think it might have been Celeb Delen. I, I, I almost said that about a horse from earlier. So still there it's still a thing 
We'll get there in the end. We'll get there. Uh, right, from Mark and myself, thank you very much for listening. Hope you're well. Enjoy the weekend. Happy New Year. More great content coming your way. Let's get the gravy. Let's get the gravy for the weekend. Let's go. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by BetDAC. Get 0% commission on all sports for 100 days when you join BetDAC.com. New customers only. Terms and conditions apply. And by All About Sunday, the ownership experience where you can own three racehorses for only £18.99 per month. Visit AllAboutSunday.com to get involved today.